0: This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. From the Dealer
1: News Today headquarters, here's your host, Dave Canton, with Andrew Cherkasky. Dave, good afternoon. How are you?
0: Andy, good afternoon. We are again uh, doing another Dealer News Today uh, podcast, Coast to Coast. How are you today?
1: Oh, I'm very good. You're right. We are on separate ends of the uh, of, of the country, but that's okay. We're keeping the show rolling, and that's the whole idea. Every day, as, as much as we can, we want to get information out to the dealer body uh, and really talk about the news, but really focus on outstanding guests as, as much as we can bring to you.
0: Listen, nothing is gonna stop the dealer news podcast, regardless if we're three thousand miles away or a pandemic. We are here to deliver the news and like you said, some incredible guests.
1: Dave, you know, I'm watching the news this morning and there's it's no secret. We watch Fox News a lot. I happen to be on Fox News quite a bit. Um it's it's a source of news for I think uh, a lot of the the dealer body the nature of the news the nature of their rhetoric lately has changed and it's very much focused on the reopening of our country and i always am a little skeptical of when the news takes on a certain storyline, whether it's supported or not by by facts or by science. And so I always remain skeptical no matter what news source I'm watching. Well, this morning they had on a report where a Texas woman who reopened her salon, her hair salon, was sentenced to seven days in jail because the at this at the hearing with the judge where he found her guilty of, of violating the stay-at-home order and the 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 shutdown on the business order, he essentially gave her the opportunity to apologize, she refused to do so. She was a, a bit of a martyr for the the cause. And instead of apologizing, he, uh, he sentenced her to seven days in jail, calling her selfish. There was uh, quite a bit of debate on Fox this morning about it. Um, certainly created some questions in my mind on both sides of it. You know, just without more discussion, I know you and I haven't even talked about this. What's your reaction to that? Somebody getting seven days in jail because they needed to open their business in order to put food on their table.
0: You know, Andy, I actually heard it myself this morning and I was blown away. It literally stopped me in my tracks, walking into my living room as I'm listening to it on Fox News. And I said to myself, you know, listening to the story that while, you know, why she did this, it wasn't a selfish move because she wanted to do it because she wanted to reopen her business. Her employees were pleading with her because everyone was running out of money. You know, it's so easy to just say, stay at home. But how do you stay at home if there's no home? If you have no rent to pay for your home, if you have no money to pay for your car payment, you know, if you have no money to put food on your table. And that's the point she was making to the judge. I won't apologize for for sticking up and for, you know, being there on the front line for my people. This wasn't to benefit the, the customer, the consumer. This was for her staff. This was to put food on tables. This was to pay rent. This was to pay electric. And I got to tell you something. God bless her. She stood up for what she believed in. She's going to take her seven days in jail. And, and, you know, we got to get this, you know, we got to get this economy reopened. Last night, Andy, I'm laying in bed. Same type of story. I'm sitting there watching Fox News. And there's Jim Appleton, the New Jersey Car Dealer Association president that we had on this show, pleading and begging New Jersey governor, Phil Murphy, to reopen the showrooms for all the dealerships. He said, you ready for this? Sales showrooms being being closed in the city of New Jersey, the state, forget the dealers, the state is losing $4.5 million a day.
1: Wow. Well, more to talk about on this and, and a slightly differing view from myself after a word from our sponsor.
2: This podcast is sponsored
1: by DCG Capital. DCG Capital's
2: lender relationships can provide new car dealers with working capital loans, floor plan financing, mortgage loans, and other reduced interest rate financing at historically low
1: rates. Contact DCG Capital at davecantongroup.com. You know, Dave, my perspective on this is, is a little bit different, and it comes down to, first, the law. You know, there has to be a respect for the law. The idea of violating the law just because you have uh, your own personal interests or the personal interests of those around you at a, uh altruistic level, you know, the idea that you want to do good for them, I get that, I appreciate that, but it's not The law, the law specifically in this case was put out there by a governor in a state that's not a particularly liberal state at the call of the CDC, at the call of the uh, at the call of the president, essentially. And there has to be enforcement of the violation of laws. She violated it a week ago. It could have been three weeks ago. Where do we draw that line? And for somebody who's not apologetic for violating the law, there has to be a certain degree of consequence for that. Now, the whole question of whether we're overreacting and whether the stay at home orders, whether whether the shutdown of businesses is still appropriate or not, that's a whole nother debate. And that's a, a debate between the public health professionals who obviously want to protect the public's health and those who believe that the economy reopening will save lives in that the continuation of the degradation of our economy will cost lives. And, and there's facts and research to, to support both. What I don't see, and here's my issue where we stand right now, I have not seen compelling scientific research that essentially changes the nature of the game than where we were four weeks ago or six weeks ago. It's basically... Just more of the same, now people are willing to take on that that risk of catching COVID and potentially killing those around, especially the older in our uh, population. I don't think you and I are going to come to an exact agreement here, but I can tell you that I definitely have sympathy for that woman. I do not agree with her course of conduct in her unapologetic nature of, of just violating the law and and that's that's the debate here so we're we're kind of stuck in the middle uh dave why don't you tell us who's on the show today
0: andy we got another great guest today one that is going to be extremely informative for the automotive industry james maynard senior vice president of product at cox automotive uh james is uh leads the product teams for dealer.com vin solutions and x time i believe he's on and waiting for us to bring him on the show Let's bring them on. Ladies and gentlemen, with us this afternoon, we have James Maynard, Senior Vice President of Product, leads the teams for dealer.com, Vin Solutions and Xtime. James, good afternoon and thank you so much for coming on to the show today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. It's great to hear your voice, James, and you know, these are unusual times and I know you guys obviously now most likely are busier than ever. Uh, especially leading the team of product of three uh, companies and three you know unique instruments that are utilized in a dealership every day. You know we see that the dealer industry is becoming more virtual now than ever. Um, I know your products very well with Dealer.com, uh, VIN Solutions, and XTime. Um, let's get right to it. Tell us what you guys at Cox and 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 Dealer.com and VIN Solutions and 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 XTime are here are getting from the new data that you've been receiving of what's going on in the automotive industry today. And how could that data help the, help, help the dealers out there? Sure. Um, and
2: by the way, I know that I know everything's changing really fast. So um, uh, we've also in my portfolio, I've got responsibility uh, for the DMS now. So DT DMS, and then our digital retailing product has come in and is folded into our DDC, our dealer.com uh, platform. So those are just kind of uh, things that have happened recently for us as well. So I've got that. Kind
0: Congratulations.
2: Of, oh, thank you. Um, it's, a, it's a good group. We've aligned it around what we call dealer software. Um, and so dealer software solutions or DSS is our acronym. Um, so it covers that kind of that core set of software that a dealer uses to run their business. So.
1: Um, well, James, tell us, tell us a little bit about what the data that you're getting on that software side is, is telling you.
2: So I'll give you at a high level, right? The key things, um, you know, we're starting to see some positive trends right now. So um, it's still not, you know, great where we are from a, from a situational perspective, um, but we are getting more positive um, so that losses are, uh, re, you know, are, are moving in a better direction now. So um, we're seeing people come back uh, to the dealerships. We're seeing people start to engage more Um, stimulus checks, uh, seem to be finding their way into the hand of consumers. Um, dealers are having to adjust as I think most of, most of us already know, but dealers are adjusting with at-home services, um, and things that consumers are, are needing in order to be more comfortable. And I think finally kind of at a high level, um, you know, the, the, the way that dealers are going to have to operate. As we go forward um, and think about our future, I think we're going to have to, to be behaving a little bit differently because the consumer expects the dealer to be able to be, we'll call it digitally savvy. Um, and the dealer actually needs to have people that are digitally savvy and can do a lot more things. And dealer after dealer that we talked to that, that seems to be uh, faring the best, seem to be engaging their employees in ways Um, That get them more of what the consumer needs. So from a sales side, you know, having people engage the consumer to cover throughout and not have to hand off as an example between a BDC agent and a salesperson and an F&I manager, um, the initial contact person is doing more of that. So they're training their people more, um, developing them in different ways, um, and enabling uh, tools uh, to help them out. So that's Kind of at a summary level, what we're seeing at this
1: point. Well, great, James. Let's let's dig a, a little bit deeper into this. You know, there has been criticism, and we've we have criticized ourselves on the show uh, a number of times that the automotive dealer uh, industry has been slower than some other industries in America to adopt an e based commerce uh, perspective, and has always valued. Uh, to a great degree, the brick and mortar. And I think there's no better evidence of that than the dot matrix printers we see in just about every dealership still. You know, what product of the huge suite of, of products that, that you are at the top of the executive chain, what products are kind of shining as the most important from Cox during this time? Well, certainly within
2: my portfolio, um, the digital retailing suite on the sales side, um, is, is shining. Um, we have launched, you know, um, you know, we've seen a 24% increase in shoppers who are willing to submit an online deal. So obviously the demand is going up, uh, from a consumer perspective. Um, I think at this point we've had almost 2000, you know, um, instances of, of digital retailing that have been requested. So the capability adding it into the dealer.com websites, I think we have a backlog right now, well over a thousand additional, and we're working very, very rapidly to get those dealers um, that have recently requested getting it on board. So digital retailing is, is certainly a shining star. We've also launched new products. Auto trader has added a, you know, a, um, you know, home delivery capability, um, which is helping out consumers and helping um, dealers get engaged. Our DDC websites have added in um, banner capabilities so that dealers can communicate safety uh, elements and communicate how they're handling uh, COVID and what their open hours are, et cetera. Um, we've changed our lead forms and things so that we could uh, help dealers uh, get consumers in the door. Um, and even some technology that's outside of our platforms, that we, we're really trying to support our dealers and help them. A tool like we're using today, we're on Zoom. Um, there's a lot of dealers that have a, uh, that are using tools like Teams and, and uh, Zoom to engage their consumers more effectively. Um, they go from a chat, maybe interaction, into a full video interaction um, where they co-browse um with the consumer and where they couldn't consult previously would do that face-to-face or on the phone, they're now doing that via video and co-browsing and helping a consumer to fill out a digital retailing form or a credit application. So it's pretty amazing um, the resiliency um, and the capability of the dealerships when it when it became difficult, um, they are absolutely adapting. Um, Continue that a little bit on the service side, um we had some products that we were launching already that were Around video communication, allowing the technician to communicate with a uh, a person in the service drive waiting on their vehicle, um, and we had just launched those recently at NADA, and we were announcing some others, and those have have taken off tremendously and are providing value. And we've got several many many dealers that are very appreciative that we were launching those products um, that allowed them to, to interact with their consumers uh, digitally, and even to the point of we had some products. Um, like a self-service check-in that we had been building and we accelerated that rapidly uh, at X time in order to uh, start getting that into the hands of dealers uh, more effectively. We already have dealers adopting that as well. So those
0: are some examples of things we're seeing. James, all of these uh, products, obviously, that you're leading are unbelievable uh, for not just the dealer, but for the consumer as well. You know, I was a dealer for many years and I'm going to challenge you on this. Um, one of the things that I would see is that, you know, my service director or my general manager or chief operating officer would run up into my office, you know, after, after a rep coming in, selling, you know, trying to sell them a product. And, you know, they were so excited about the product and we would sign the contract and, you know, go through the training. And then we would see that obviously it wasn't being implemented or, or inserted in the proper way of, you know, that, that, that the product should be demonstrated between the dealer and the consumer. What is Cox doing now to ensure that dealers are properly trained, the staff inside the dealerships know how to utilize all these amazing products that you guys uh, have ready for the consumer? And the second part to that question is, uh, are you seeing an uptick right now in dealers requesting additional training?
2: Um, So, yes, we are seeing requests for additional training. Um, And what are we doing? We obviously had to switch to virtual ourselves. and so we've uh, our performance manager, our trainers um, have retooled themselves to make sure they can be more effective from a support and a training perspective. And of course, we've got our performance management teams, which I, I you know, I've been in a lot of organizations um, where I've been able to have the opportunity to build software. And and I would tell you our performance management teams and the people in the performance management group, the people in our training and implementation teams, I mean, they they are just incredible. Our performance managers, especially when you think about how they actually, their job is to help the dealership perform better, and that's how. When I first heard it, I didn't understand, you know, what the name meant, but they truly are there to help the dealership perform better. And so, you know, they're providing training. We've been, we've gone completely, kind of through our product stacks and our capabilities. We were putting out webinars for dealers to teach them. Um, We obviously are doing core training and conducting uh, that training. We have a training portal where dealers can go do self-service training. Um, But some of this is, it's even just getting out in front of people and talking about what, what is important. We've been running a number of webinars. Um, Lori Whitman and myself uh, and I are running something called dealer forward, where we're bringing dealers on um, and, and having them talk about what they're specifically doing to, to kind of, create more ideas for other dealers to think about it's a very unselfish thing on the part of the dealers that are that are working with us and, and helping us communicate to their uh, to the rest of the industry um, but I think we're taking you know as best we can in the current times trying to get out in front of this and try to help dealers as much as we can uh, from a training perspective I also heard like like yesterday I heard from Liza Borches uh, at Carter Myers and she was talking about how they meet every day, how they've improved their communication amongst each other and with their team members, um, and how they're training their people across the board and how their employees have stepped up and started doing things like delivering vehicles, um, where they hadn't done that before, going and picking up, uh, the consumer vehicles. So they're, you know, in these changing environments, they are adapting very well. And so though I think those that are, that have that kind of an attitude that we can do better, Um, are going to take advantage of some of the training we offer and they're going to understand they need to train themselves and their people to think differently.
1: You know, James with great, uh, big picture um, perspectives and and really starting to understand more about how you're seeing impacts right now uh, with, with software, with technology. That's great. What tool, or maybe two tools, very specific, do you think that dealers were underutilizing before that they should now be utilizing? What, something really tactile, something that we can That any dealer listening to should be picking up the phone or going um, to a website? What should they be doing now that they perhaps weren't doing before, product wise, software wise?
2: Um, I think I would, I'll start with digital retailing. A lot of people have the tool um, and they were allowing customers to self serve um, and kind of using it as a lead generation tool. But I think it's more of a consumer engagement tool than just a lead generation tool. And I say that because now that we're having to be virtual instead, if I, if I set up this appointment and I come in the store, um, in the, the, into the dealership as a consumer, um, my salesperson may or may not have that deal in their hands because it didn't integrate with their CRM or because they didn't think about that holistically. We actually have dealers now that are, if I called in and I called Andy, I called you today and you took my call as a salesperson Dealers are actually going back and guiding the the consumer back into the digital retailing tool, um, helping them to fill out a credit application, helping them to complete um, their perspective on their deal, and and sometimes even co-browsing and guiding them through, maybe even typing it to help them out. Um, And so taking advantage of that digital retailing tool as a consumer experience tool And, and even using it in the store in the future, when people come back, maybe we should be using those in the store. Maybe we should be thinking holistically about that experience. And even though I start in the store, instead of taking a piece of paper and writing the deal down on that piece of paper and marking through it and taking it back to my desk manager, then coming back to the consumer, maybe I should never be leaving that consumer and I should be able to let them see right on the screen, um, or push them the deal so they can open it and link to it. Um, uh, right there so i think there's an opportunity to make this a fully digital experience um, for the consumer even if that consumer is coming in the store um, i think we have been you know late you know as an overall industry you're absolutely right earlier in the question i think we've been late in doing these things i think it's also been very complex what we try to do in a single store visit oftentimes so you know i think some of it's justifiable but now i don't think we have an excuse anymore i think we have to get um you know, I think the other thing that that we kind of lose track of or just just um, or don't think about is just phone, chat, video, all of these technologies and tools that are available to us. Um, we need to be able to cross these. We need to make sure we are following up with consumers, whether they're in service or sales, and make sure we're interacting with them interacting with them digitally. Um, so for for us right now, we're thinking much more about. Um, how we're going to help the dealer be digitally enabled so they can engage the consumer. um, Even when that consumer wants to come in the store, um, they are eventually going to leave that store and we want them to stay engaged.
0: James, absolutely incredible. Look, you guys are doing a phenomenal job of, 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 you know, supporting these dealers and obviously the consumer by providing these amazing products you know, I, I'm going to tell every dealer listening right now. Uh, and now is the time to get in your sales and service departments and to ensure that every product that you have, your team is utilizing to its maximum potential. And if not, get on the phone and get some training. So this way you could deliver to the consumer the absolute best customer experience. Uh, you know, now more than ever, James, to your point, uh, the, 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 the digital and virtual way of operating is now basically the new norm. People are Buying cars uh, online and picking them up either at the dealership or having them delivered to their home, you know, uh, uh, servicing vehicles all done by appointment safely, dropping off the vehicle safely, picking up the vehicle, and it's up to the dealer to ensure that they are delivering a good message to the customer before they get there that that, that addresses uh, safety and builds and boosts consumer confidence. Uh, James, we cannot thank you enough. Uh, for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, You know, look, you know, you obviously have your plate full with everything that you have right now going, and we appreciate the dedication that you provide to the automotive community and industry. Uh, Thank you for taking time coming on the show, ladies and gentlemen. James Maynard, uh, head of product for Cox Automotive. James, stay healthy and stay safe. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Andy.
1: Thank you, James. Great having you on the show. How great having James on the show. I mean, he has such a, a wide range of perspective with so many different products that dealers can be using to help during this time. Uh, a lot of a lot of people are going to have to change the way they were doing business, I think. I think that's the bottom line, right? You know, Andy, it's so much more than that, right? Let's, let's
0: talk about just the dealer perspective for a moment. You know, as a dealer, I remember, uh, you know, sitting back sometimes when I was analyzing expenses and seeing contractual obligations and agreements that we had to vendors like Cox, like dealer.com, like Vin solutions that weren't really being utilized to its potential. So my advice to the entire automotive dealer body, like I just said is make sure that you are utilizing everything you have at your disposal, because if you have an X time, if you have a Vin solution, if you have the ability to utilize some of these products and you're
1: not utilizing them, shame on you. That's true. You know, it, it really is. You've got, we've had time now we've had time to think there's a lot of people out there pushing real hard to uh, make sure that you've got all the tools necessary. So you, you got to start to use tools that you weren't using before.
0: You know, this is all about adapting. You said it best in the interview, Andy, and, you know, everyone's got to adapt to the new normal, the new now. And let's face it, it's a digital world. It's a virtual world. And, you know, these products are what's going to be the future of the automotive industry to to get people into your sales showrooms, into your service facilities and to stay in touch with them and communicate you know we hear it all the time communication today is one of the most important ingredients in succeeding in today's automotive industry and i hope everyone is getting behind the wheel of understanding how to move forward in the automotive community ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in another great episode tomorrow we're going to keep bringing them to you every day stay healthy and stay safe Until next time, this is Dealer News Today.